Hello, this is Kristen Kelp, and you are about to listen to an episode of That's What She Said. But before you do that, I've got a freebie for you. There's a free breathwork class waiting for you at breathehealrepeat.com. If you've heard about breathwork, but you haven't yet given it a try, especially if your insides feel strangely numb or like you have about 27 dumpster fires going, breathwork will help. It is free, it is simple, and it just requires a place to lie down and breathe. Pretty basic instructions. So breathehealrepeat.com and grab your free class now. Hello and welcome to this episode of That's What She Said. This one was chosen by the people. I sent out an option for five podcast topics that I would like to make, and I was like, which of these are actually interesting to you? And there was a tie. So then I got to pick. (laughs) And we're going to start with places the patriarchy is still strong within me and probably you. Damn it. Before I begin, I am using patriarchy in the biggest sense of the word in terms of inherited conditioning from generation to generation. So even if every single male in every piece of patriarchy in every part of the world suddenly stopped doing the activities that we call patriarchy, there would still be wildly strong patriarchal conditioning that would fuck with women for a very, very, very long time and for generations to come. That's what I'm talking about. So places of the patriarchy, I'm not actually talking about any males that are alive right now, any specific instances of shit that's happening right now. I'm talking about the ways the conditioning has fucked me up. And unfortunately slash fortunately, depending on how you want to look at it, I've been working privately and with my own clients and um, as part of sort of classes and workshops with other women around the world. And I mean around the world. And I've found that these pieces of conditioning and these things that I'm coming up against exist in all of us. So I want to point to them not as a... (laughs) I've recovered and I'm goddamn awesome, though I hope someday, I I hope someday to make that podcast. I want to talk about them as a place of you are not alone. We are coming up against places where societally we're fucked. I'm going to give you about seven of them. And then there's no judgment here. There's never judgment, but especially not here. I refuse to judge myself for, it would be like if I learned to put my underwear on backward, be like, well, that's what I was taught. And then eventually you turned, okay, I learned to put my underwear on the right way. There's no shame in that. Somebody taught me how to put my underwear on wrong. Luckily that didn't happen. My mom did teach me to put my underwear on right. But do you see how there's no shame in like you learned how to do a thing backwards (laughs) and then you're like, oh, we'll just, we'll take a look at it. Um, This conditioning isn't that simple, but I do enjoy playing with it. And the more I can learn to just play with it, the more I can change it, the more I can shift it, the more I can be really soft with it, the easier it is to let go of and to move through my being and then to help others move it through their being. So the freer I get, the freer you get, the freer my clients get, the freer everyone I interact with gets, I am on the road to getting as free as possible. And that's ultimately what I do. And then I make spaces where you can trust the space if you can't trust yourself until you can trust yourself. Because I trust myself. And the more that I root out these places, the more I get really clear on where they exist within me, 
the more that I trust myself. And ultimately, I want to live in a world where every woman trusts herself to make the best decisions possible in every single moment and to stand firmly in her own power and approval as she does so. That's where I want to go. That's the world I want to live in. I want to live in a place where we can see when things are wrong and approve of ourselves anyway. We can see where we've conditioned, been conditioned and approve of ourselves anyway. We can see where we are withholding love from ourselves and approve from our, of ourselves anyway. So this, to you are warned, is like six pages long. I just couldn't stop typing. So if you need to break this into two parts, if you need to listen over the course of a couple of weeks, please come back to it. Um, and let's play. So I'm going to start in a place that is completely and totally taboo, which is if you leaned forward when you heard completely and totally taboo, yes, you are my people. (laughs) I want to start with, um, some credentials, which I never fucking talk about anymore because the credentials would make you think that, that I've eliminated all the things that I'm going to talk about next. And that's the context that I want to give you, that from the outside, you might think X, and here's how it actually is. It's one of my favorite questions that I have clients answer when they begin to work with me. What would strangers looking at your life say about you? And what is it actually like to be you? So the things that strangers would say or see is that I have had six-figure product lunches. I have received standing ovations in several countries for my speaking but not in London because, wow, did I bomb like a motherfucker. The English peoples, that was rough. But again, this is the positives. (laughs) I have been the sole breadwinner during a pandemic while having long COVID and carrying two goals within me, breathe and sleep. Sometimes I didn't meet either of those two goals, and yet I was still the breadwinner. I dress like a walking parade. I have pink hair. I have left organized religion behind many years ago. I am honored to have held workshops and classes in many states and countries, as well as online. I also have 20 years of teaching experience of all kinds. That means I have 20 years worth of experience occupying the spotlight, taking up space, and handling questions, ideas, comments, and concerns from others in real time. You might think, based on those things I'm saying, and if I present it properly, or if I had any social media accounts to post to, you might think that I'm free as a bird, free to express, free to earn a living, free to say what I want to say, free to lead experiences of transformation all over the world. Those things are true. And yet, here is where I am still finding and banishing patriarchal conditioning from my being. And again, it's going to get long, but something in me does not want to let this be a two-parter. This is one part and you decide where it stops or how much time you have. For whatever reason, it's very clear for me. Okay, the first place is my inner voice. So much of patriarchal conditioning lives in my asshole brain. I am still wrestling with all the waves I've come to stop believing in my own vitality and aliveness because I've internalized good girl conditioning, which I'm going to define for you now. Good girl conditioning is the name that Kasha Urbaniak gives to that societal training which teaches women worldwide that they are both not enough and too much at the same time. So the goal is to be neither, you can't be too much, you you can't be not enough, you want to be in that perfect place where you are just enough, 
um, you want to inhabit an imagined place of universal approval that doesn't exist in real life, where everyone just is on board with everything you're doing and has nothing bad to say about anything that you are doing, have done, or will ever do. Do you hear how insane that is as a place to try to get to? (laughs) Fucking insanity. So because over the past, uh, I guess, eight to ten years, and pre- learning about Kasha Urbania, because it would have made this journey so much simpler. I get that at the tail end. Like year 10, here, you can get the term for what's been causing this. Um, I've come to realize that asshole brain hits me with three main categories of mental sticks. And a mental stick is just what it sounds like. It's the a thought that is meant to keep me in line. Those three are, you are too much, you are not enough, and why bother? So where I am growing, expanding, experimenting, or succeeding, asshole brain says I'm too much. Where I am learning, which means failing generally, trying something new, figuring something out, asshole brain says I'm not enough. Like, if you wanted to learn Italian, I mean, why haven't you done that? You've had nearly 48 hours to do that. (laughs) Where I am gripped by depression or anxiety or too much news, frankly, asshole brain says why bother? Too much, not enough, why bother? That took me 10 years of asshole brain to figure out that sentence. That means asshole brain offers only sticks and no carrots. There's no reward. There's no, if you do this, then you get X. There are only sticks. There is a 0% chance of my getting approval from asshole brain, no matter what I do or say or how I act. I'm going to give you examples of things that my asshole brain tells me, and I want you to hear them from a place of, do you hear how insane the request is? And how you probably have this in your brain, and you think that it's just you being crazy, but it is in fact, good girl conditioning run amok and allowed to be free in your brain over the course of decades. Things like, be less blunt, but also more compelling when you speak. So, So don't be as truthful, but also be more compelling. (laughs) Be more generous with your resources, but also why don't you have three years worth of salary in your savings account? Have fewer needs, but also take care of the needs you do have with less fuss. Don't be upset about bullshit, but when you do get upset, be less upset and more resilient. (laughs) So really just don't get upset. They're really twisty and they're really impossible to nail down because they're really twisty. Like have fewer needs, but take care of the needs you do have with less fuss. You can't win there. Extremely negative self-attack is a product of societal conditioning that is consciously installed in women, generally by their mother figures, to keep them smaller, quieter, and heavier quotes here, safer in the most basic form. Self-attack is not a given, it's not natural, and it's not our destiny. We can find ways to work with our interiors, ease the ramblings of our asshole brain, and eliminate self-attack by offering ourselves infinite amounts of approval. Approval as in, I see you asking for that. I see you. Thank you for your input. I see you trying to get me to good girl condition. Thank you so much. going to ignore you right now. There is a level of approval of simply observing what's happening that can be really helpful here. Ultimately, it's for me to realize that asshole brain will never, ever give me the A-plus and gold star with extra credit that I crave. And 
I don't have to take asshole brain's advice. I don't have to take it as the, as uh, something true. And I don't have to honor it as, um, having a seat, having an equal seat at the table. We kind of like, we let asshole brain speak and then we go right back to mute. Like if I was having a zoom call with all the parts of me, asshole brain can speak and then be muted again. Be like, okay, that was in 0% helpful. Moving on. (laughs) Not ignoring, which leads to very different issues. Just simply there's the conditioning. There it is. Conditioning speaks. Okay. And moving on like a train that had to make a stop at asshole brain station. And then we continue on to our destination. Not a big deal. And we move on. The next place is in my body. And I really tried to think about all the ways that I could encapsulate everything that's happened in my body as a result of patriarchal conditioning. It's just that sentence. It's so big. It's not fucking possible. And also, I think this poem suffices. It's called Please Understand. Please understand. I only ever left my body because they shoved me into my mind after that test with Mr. Farrell, the guidance counselor in second grade. I only ever left my body because adults could not stop praising me as I sat reading, listening, thinking, writing, raising my hand, knowing the answers. I got scholarships for leaving my body. I got awards and ceremonies and an honorary luncheon with the Daughters of the American Revolution for leaving my body. I got privilege and straight A's for leaving my body, for being compliant, for doing as they asked, exactly as they prescribed, but more sweetly than they had imagined. I got the church's blessing and the promise of heaven for leaving my body, for refusing sex, for staying pure through all manner of temptation. I got the approval of Jesus Christ himself for leaving my body. So tell me, why would I have stayed? The first time I read that to Bear, he was like, is this a poem about suicide? And I was like, no, 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 no. I mean, I mean, literally like teaching yourself and finding ways to dissociate and leaving your body. I'm still here, clearly. And I'm talking about something from decades ago, but I was taught to leave my body. I was taught that my body was not my juice. I was, the body was not, it was just not it. We are not wrong for leaving our bodies as women. We are trained out of them if we don't want to become sex objects. And I always understood that my value to men was not my looks or my body. (laughs) They were quite clear about that. And I was a good girl who listened to those cues. I'll guarantee that you've left your body for a damn good reason too. That you were deemed too something or not enough of something else. Or you don't know how to do contoured makeup so you're useless to the internet right now. You might deem your body too fat or too thin, too sick or too strong. That is a thing. I have a personal trainer as a client who is routinely shamed for being too strong and having too many muscles. Bodies in American culture are nearly always too something and not enough of something else. There's good girl conditioning again. We can't win. But we can 
reclaim our right to exist in our own bodies 100% of the time. That is a massive victory. Reclaiming the body is my lifetime's work. I will never be the person who is 100% amazing at body, has always been 100% amazing at body, and I can help you biohack your way to optimum health for three easy payments of $39.99. Never going to be that person. I have worked and worked and worked for access to my body. And also, I can be sent out of it when I'm deeply stressed, overstimulated, or stuck in a crush of bodies. Like, put me in the center of a general admission concert with no way to exit and just bodies on every side. Panic. Um, Also, I found I'm likely to leave my body when COVID wrecks my immune system, steals my ability to breathe, and tears memories from my brain. Hypothetically speaking. So, the answer to loving body in any form, for me has been deep understanding and approval. You don't feel well? Let's rest. You're hungry? Let's eat. You want to move? Let's go for a walk. And that might seem like preschool level, are you serious right now? And also, we are taught to judge our bodily needs. We are taught to ignore the most basic command of our bodies, which is to eat when you're hungry and drink when you're thirsty. We are taught to contort our bodies into the shapes deemed most attractive to others at the moment. And I say at the moment because the beauty standards of 1802 are not the same as the standards of 1902 or 2002 or 2022. They are constantly shifting. When we remove all judgment from the body's needs... You don't feel well, you rest. You're hungry, you eat. You want to move, you go for a walk. When we remove the judgment, we come to a place of immediate and constant healing. When we train ourselves out of internal flogging of our bodies for any reason, we regain our power. We are on the same team as our body at some level. And being on the same team does a whole lot of things that being against the body or trying to hurt the body into doing just doesn't do. This is the most potent work on my plate at the moment to let whatever is within my body arise without judgment and to tend to the body with the utmost care. I've tried for decades to be a mind that didn't have a body and just ignore my body (laughs) and it has gone poorly every single time. Next up, places the patriarchy is strong in me, my voice, my literal voice. There's no metaphor there. My real voice is both deep and soft. Like I'm actually projecting to speak to you in this way. It's really, really soft, actually, my real voice. It requires a touch of leaning in to hear clearly. I manage spaces in classrooms by going incredibly still and turning the volume of the room down with my magic without a need for words. But when I meet strangers... I'm forced into social situations with people I don't know, or I'm navigating a crowd, I have another voice. It is pliant and a touch higher than my usual register. It screams, I am not intimidating. It's okay to talk to me with every breath. Hi, hello, hi, hi. I throw my voice, is what I'm saying, in order to be more pleasing and pleasurable to those around me. Because holy shit, what if they find out my voice is deep and soft and not loud or barking or high-pitched? Because you're not allowed to have a voice like that. I have only 
just discovered that I still do this routinely and I vowed to stop. I'll let you know how it goes. And then a touch of tonic here for me as well as for you. Your voice is meant to touch others to allow for your full expression. There is no need to alter, tweak, or silence your voice in order to be heard. Next up is my apologies. And I will say that the first thing, if you're in Canada, you can totally imagine that you're working with me. The first thing that I have you do is stop apologizing for at least two weeks. And I don't mean <laughs> go around just hitting people and not apologizing. I mean that instinctual Canadian sorry that comes after everything. Just don't do it for two weeks. Your world will change. So I am likely to apologize for all the reasons that women are trained to apologize, like existing. <laughs> In the past few months, I've caught myself apologizing for making their wait for a single minute, uno minute, for having emotions, for not completing shared household tasks on my own, keyword shared, fascinating, for being needy when I simply have needs, and for asking for help when I simply need help. So the more I notice my apologizing, the more conditioning around it I find. You want to apologize first, need nothing, apologize for taking up space, apologize for wanting things, apologize for needing help, apologize for existing. When in doubt, apologize. As women, we're routinely taught to take up less space because you don't want to be too much. And when we practice taking up more space, we also have to learn to stop apologizing for occupying said space. The tonic here again as much for me as for you. You are a living, breathing human on this earth and you are free to take up as much space as you need. There is no need to apologize, to make yourself smaller, or to minimize your talents in order to be loved. Boom. Next up in the land of patriarchal conditioning is my asking. This was totally a conscious choice. I gave up asking at the beginning of pandemic. I was watching all the women that I knew drown in tasks, question marks, homeschooling, zoominess, chaos. And because I didn't have kids, I figured I would be just fine without any support. Like they need support more than I do. So I'm not going to ask for anything. I will provide support. I will keep my giving channels open, but my receiving channels will recede. As Alex E. Harrow writes in her book, The Once and Future Witches, which I recommend, it's a work of fiction, fantastic, the fastest way to become nothing is to want nothing. Women are trained out of having needs, it's called being selfless, and then trained to become the servants of others. We're trained out of noticing our own inner needs, like tending to our emotions, resting, relaxing, or removing ourselves from work or family life to be whole human beings. We're trained into feeling guilty if we're well-rested, unscheduled, or allowed to enjoy the simple pleasure of daydreaming. We also are taught or understand that our to-do list is swelling for every moment we're alive, and also we're not allowed to ask for help with that to-do list until we're ill, or impossibly behind, or both. <laughs> Asking for what we want, what we need, and what would bring us deep pleasure is a vital part 
of reclaiming our humanity. The trick here is to be a thousand percent specific about what you need and how exactly you like it. If you're just saying not this, not this, not that, not this, not that, it's actually not helpful. How do you want it and by when? What would make it even better than that? What would make it even better than that? And you just keep asking and you get more and more and more and more specific. This It's the same thing that applies to comedy. You can say that somebody got hit by a truck. You could say that somebody got hit by a clown car containing 17 clowns, a hairdryer, and three cream pies. Specificity is funnier. Specificity is also what's good for desire. So the tonic there is... You're a human being who has needs. (laughs) And no human can meet 100% of their needs alone. Asking for help is a loving act for everyone involved. That might be hard to believe, but it's true. And you may have a partner or a person in your life who does not want you to ask for help. Please don't let that cancel your efforts at a larger scale or with other humans. Because I promise... You're a human being who has needs, and no human can meet 100% of their needs alone. Asking for help is a loving act for everyone involved. Where your asks fall down, either A, you could be asking a doucher, that's a thing that happens, or B, there's not enough specificity to be sure that the ask can happen. I want you to make dinner is a little too vague because which dinner at what time and for whom and how would you like the table to be set? And I know that can sound exhausting. And also the more parameters you put around and ask, the easier it is for someone to meet it. My imagination is the next place that... um, Yeah, the patriarchy still has a hold on me, Um, which is fascinating because so much of my job as a coach is helping my clients to imagine better futures. Because if we cannot come to a place in which you can envision a better future, we damn sure can't get you there. If you don't know what you want, we can't get you there. But um, I have been sneakily for years now tying those private imaginings to what is realistic. Um, So what good is imagining an ocean that heals everyone who enters of any disease they have? What good is imagining a frog that only makes a sound when the human closest to it is lying and then populating the United States government buildings with thousands of them? What good is imagining an art world in which women are paid equally to men? Side note. I want to sell my paintings anonymously with a male pseudonym in the adult world. That means they would make 86% more money. Eight, six. That is $14 to a man's $100. It's insane. So if you can help me sell my paintings anonymously with a male pseudonym, talk to me. (laughs) So saying, what good is it, is another way of saying that's not realistic. As if realistic is a fucking prize. Realistic imagining, heavy air quotes are being used here. I know you can't see me, but very heavy air quotes are being used. Realistic imagining has led us to a point where collectively our default activity is, excuse me, touching our phones. Our attention has been stolen by scrolling and all possibilities for human activity have been flattened to a black mirror that we touch lovingly throughout the day and night for simulation. 
We need to imagine better futures in order to create them together. Imagining better futures starts with imagining. Freeing my imaginings from whether they can actually happen has freed my mind in enormous ways. I don't actually know when that got installed. Um, I don't have a memory of being told that my imagining was wrong or bad or not realistic, but it definitely happened. So I am learning, very much still learning, to let my imagination defy the laws of physics if I want to. I want a garden on the moon. I want a portal to a tropical beach that I can enter from my office at any time. I want a troop of ants to act as my personal bodyguards when walking through the forest. I hope I use the word ant right. I believe it's a walking tree. Unless they have some sort of war qualities. I don't know about. I'm not that Lord of the Rings in tune. Sorry. <laughs> So reclaiming imagination, reclaiming the ability to daydream, reclaiming the ability to have silly or useless or not realistic thoughts is reclaiming mind from patriarchy and from our, it's just the way it is conditioning. So this is just the way it is, is sometimes true and sometimes nonsense. Like this is just the way it is. It's like you're a human, you have to breathe. That's very true. That's not, it's true. And also, you're allowed to imagine a world in which humans breathe water or have gills or don't have to breathe or there's, there is value in imagination and we lose a lot of juice when we lose our imagination. So the tonic here is you are a human being with an intact imagination. Use it to imagine utterly unrealistic things and also use it to imagine better futures. We have to be able to imagine it before we can build it. That's how it works. If we just order a bunch of supplies, we're like, I'm going to build a house. We have no architect. We have no structure. We just have like a pile of wood and some nails. It's not going to go particularly well. Someone has to imagine that building before it gets built. You are a human being with an intact imagination. Use it to imagine better futures. And I will say here, because it is directly tied, the Imaginarium is a space in time. It's a few days that you spend with me and lovely other humans reimagining your life from the ground up, finding the places where it does not look the way you would want it to look or feel the way you would want it to feel, more importantly. So without shame, with tons of approval, without judgment, with tons of ease and depth and as much fun as I can muster, we make a space for new things to come into being and to do so with support. That's the Imaginarium. It goes down in Dublin in May 2023. And you can find more at kristenkelp.com slash Imaginarium. Finally, and probably hardest to say, which is why I kept it till last, notice my voice speeding up like maybe we'll just stop it now. Maybe I don't have to talk about this. <laughs> um, the patriarchal conditioning runs possibly deepest here, which is what I'm just turning up and investigating at this time. My hiding, which is really an echo of the witch wound. And the witch wound that, as I have come to understand it, without a whole lot of scholarly research, so forgive me if there's a better term here, is simply that sense of, and this feels true, I would have straight up been burned at the stake 
circa the crucible, circa the 1600s, circa the 1700s, circa whatever, Salem Witch Trials time. I am a woman who has a voice, uses it, and makes my own money. Worse, I empower other women to use their voices and make their own money. (laughs) What could be worse for the witch hunters than women who know the power of their collective voices, imaginations, animal bodies, and earning powers? What could be worse for the witch hunters? There's very little that's worse. So sometimes I am fearless in the face of speaking truth. And sometimes I curl up and don't say a word because the fear wins. And I'm also learning that sometimes I just don't have as much to say. There are seasons to my speaking as well that tie to the natural world. So much of my practice of blogging, podcasting, and teaching is simply expressing that which is most difficult to share from within me. This entire podcast has been an exercise in sharing the places I'm growing into, learning from, and healing, which isn't the normal place an internet, whatever the fuck you call me, expert guru, speaker, coach, shows herself. That you don't ever expose the, the tenderness. You always expose the, I learned things, and here's a six-point plan so that you can learn it too. That's just not what I feel called to right now. There's something here. Thank you for trusting me with your time. Thank you for holding my vulnerabilities so carefully and deliciously. Thank you for not burning me at the stake. I would love, love, cannot overemphasize love, to hear about where your internal markers of good girl conditioning or patriarchy are. What are you coming up against? What are you working to untangle? What are you trying to, like hell, to unlearn? Which parts of my experience resonated with you? I have no way to know unless you tell me. Do we need a part two? Do we need to meet live and talk about this? I have no idea. So in continued conversation, uh, I want you to shoot me an email via k at kristenkelp.com and tell me. I would love to hear. I am thrilled and honored to begin doing the work of this particular work, of undoing this particular patterning within me um, publicly and well um, because of how much support I have elsewhere. It feels really good and delicious to do this. And also, if you don't talk to me, then I, that's when I get insecure. I'm like, I don't know. Do they like it? I don't know. So please talk to me. And again, if you want to learn how to reimagine your life with my personal in-person help and support and with the support of other glorious women in Dublin, Ireland next May, you want to visit kristenkelp.com slash Imaginarium. And from there, you can have all the details. You can make a deposit. You can book a call to talk with me. You can do all the things. Um, I would love to see you in Dublin. And here we are. 35 minutes later. Not bad. Not bad. I was thinking it was going to be too long. I think we're good. May you notice the places that 
you have given parts of yourself to patriarchal conditioning. May you reclaim them without judging, shaming, harming, or attacking yourself. May you deepen your awareness of what they do, and may you deepen your awareness of how to remove them from your system. May you imagine better futures. May you own your needs. May you express your needs. May you own your desires. May you express your desires. May you fully inhabit your body and therefore your intuition. May you learn to distinguish the voice of asshole brain from the truth of you. And may you come further and further and further into the you who would definitely, definitely have been burned at the stake right alongside me. May you release the witch wounds to use your voice to speak as you see fit, as often, as loudly, and as deeply as you choose. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you soon. Thank you for listening to that episode of That's What She Said. You can always email me at k at if you want to talk more about anything you heard. And I double dog dare you to visit breathehealrepeat.com. Give breathwork a try and let me know how it goes. I'll see you soon.